Praise be to Allah as befitting of the greatness of His power and the majesty of His face. Praise be to Allah for His bounties and grace. I bear witness there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah who loves to be praised for this reason He promised you paradise. And I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam May Allah's peace and blessings be upon him is Allah's final messenger to the human race. Loved ones, it is a very profitable business to live your life on purpose. I want to be a good worshipper. You want to be a good worshipper. For you to be a good worshipper, you need to have knowledge. And for you to be a good worshipper, you need to be sincere. Acts of worship and obedience that do not meet the sincerity condition, however accurate they may be, are flawed. There must be sincerity and there must be accuracy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the glorified, the revered, tells us in the Quran in 18.1.10, فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُو لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا Whoever hopes to meet his Lord, he should do correct deeds and not dispense the worship of his Lord to anyone else. So we need to be sincere. A sincere person is a person who has a pure heart. And there is a direct correlation between the purity of our hearts and the purity of our thoughts, motives, intentions, and attitudes. Our thoughts, motives, intentions, and attitudes make up actually the purity of our hearts. If our thoughts are clean, our motives are religiously sound, our intentions are honest, and our attitudes are good, that means our hearts are pure. Otherwise, the heart will not be pure. It will be murky to the extent that one has unclean thoughts, ulterior motives, corrupt intentions, and negative attitudes. And nothing you do in this life can be of benefit to you in the hereafter unless it comes from a pure heart, unless you do it with sincerity. Allah the revered, the Most High, tells us in the Quran in Surah Al-Bayyinah 98.5 they were not ordered except to worship Allah with sincerity in their religion. They were not ordered except to worship Allah with sincerity in their religion. Also, Allah tells us in Surah Al-Shu'ara 2688 89 <laughs> The day when neither wealth nor children benefit anyone except him who comes to Allah with a pure heart. See, it's very important for us to have pure hearts. It's very important for you to have a pure heart. It's very important for me to have a pure heart. 
And for the heart to be pure, it has to be free from shirk that defies Tawheed. Free from heresy that defies the Sunnah. Free from personal opinions that defy Allah's commands. Free from misconceptions that prevent from seeing the truth. Free from personal objectives that defy purity of motives. Free from pretending that defies authenticity. But if the heart is pure, the whole life will be saturated with peace and joy to the extent that the heart is pure. Our attitudes should be that we want to acquire pure hearts. A real believer has in his chest a pure heart, whereas a phony person carries in his chest a contaminated heart. And to safeguard our hearts from contaminations, you need to get to know yourself. Examine your heart and investigate your motives. It will do you good to investigate your heart. It will do me good to investigate my heart. Examine the motives that you keep in the deepest recesses of your heart. No one knows about them except you and Allah. Find out if you have any ulterior motives. Ulterior motives may be very subtle. They may go unnoticed unless you look hard for them. Ulterior motives may be coated with superficial sincerity. So unless you look hard for them, unless you are honest and looking hard for them, they may go unnoticed. Ulterior motives may be the motivating force that drives the whole life of a believer. Ulterior motives endanger our salvation. The following real story highlights for us the danger of ulterior motives. Allah's Messenger وسلم, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him said, The first of the people that Allah judges on the day of resurrection is a man who was martyred. He will appear before Allah. Allah will present to him all the bounties that he has given him. The man will acknowledge these bounties. Allah will say to him, What did you do with these bounties? He will say, I fought in your sake until I was martyred. Allah will say, you are lying. You fought so the people will say about you brave. And so it was said. Then an order will be passed. So he will be dragged on his face and thrown in the fire. Then another man who sought religious education, educated people and learned the Quran will appear before Allah. Allah will present to him all the bounties that he has given him. The man will acknowledge all these bounties. Allah will tell him, what did you do with these bounties? He will say, for your sake I sought knowledge. I educated people and I learned the Quran. Allah will say to him, you are lying. You educated yourself for the people to say about you a scholar. And you learn the Qur'an for the people to say about you, he is a reciter. And so it was said. 
then an order will be passed and he will be dragged on his face and thrown in the fire. Then another man whom Allah has given him from all kinds of wealth will appear before Allah. Allah will present to him all the bounties that he has given him. The man will acknowledge all these bounties. Allah will ask him, what did you do with these bounties? The man will say, I have spent my wealth in every way that you love, all for you. Allah will say, you are lying. But you spend for the people to say about you, he is generous. So it was said, that an order will be passed and he will be dragged on his face and thrown in the fire. The Prophet وسلم, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him, tells us about this future event not to amuse us, but to warn us. Realize how ulterior motives can drive the whole life of a person. Realize how each one of these men received his reward in this life. They were working for reputation and recognition and they got what they were working for. And realize how each one of these men was so convinced of his lie that he would stand before Allah and lie to Allah. Loved ones, this event is relevant to my life and to your life. The point of application of this story is to watch out for ulterior motives. Remember, ulterior motives could be very subtle. Ulterior motives could be coded with superficial sincerity. Therefore, you need to investigate your heart. You need to search your heart. Each one of us may have a bundle of ulterior motives. Do not convince yourselves that you do not have them. Do not convince yourself that you do not have them. Do not sweep them under the rug and pretend that they do not exist. Rather, you should confront these ulterior motives with courage and ask Allah to help you to overcome them. Make it a habit to continually examine your heart. Make it a habit to continually examine your motives. Make it a habit to continually search your heart. And loved ones, sincerity in ritualistic acts of worship is less difficult to achieve than sincerity in religious godly behavior. Yes, you run the risk of being insincere when you fast, pray, say statements of oral praise and commendation and give a charity. But usually this risk is lower than the risk of being insincere when you do tasks such as seeking knowledge, educating people, advising, calling to the path of Allah, organizing events, enjoining in good, eradicating evil, helping others, criticizing efforts and raising objections. We say things, we do things, we object to things, we approve of things, we buy things, we give gifts claiming that it's all for the sake of Allah. But a deeper look at our motives may reveal that we say things, we do things, we object to things to satisfy our ego, to show off, to play up to people or to get back at people. Therefore, we need to be sincere. 
We need to investigate our motives. We need to search our hearts. And no deed you do can be accepted unless it comes from a pure heart, unless you do it with sincerity. And none of us is above having ulterior motives. I will share with you the following story. Allah's Messenger وسلم, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him used to practice the worship of i'tikaf. For those of you who do not know what i'tikaf is, i'tikaf is to stay in the masjid for the purpose of worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he would do that in the last 10 days of Ramadan. So Allah's Messenger used to practice the worship of i'tikaf during Ramadan. After he prayed the dawn prayer, he would enter the place where he would stay. Aisha, his wife, asked him if he would allow her to make i'tikaf along with him, to stay in the masjid for the purpose of worship. He permitted her, so she pitched a tent in the masjid. Then Hafsa heard about it, so she pitched a tent. Then Zainab heard about it, so she pitched a tent. When Allah's Messenger finished praying the dawn prayer, the Fajr prayer, he saw four domes in the masjid. Those are the domes of the tents. His tent and the tent of Aisha, the tent of Hafsa and the tent of Zainab. He said, what is up with these tents? He was told about them. He said, what instigated them to do that? مَا حَمَلَهُنَّ عَلَى هَذَا Is it seeking good deeds? Is it seeking righteousness? Are they seeking good deeds? Are they seeking righteousness? See how the Prophet may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him questioned their motive. The Prophet's wives were interested maybe to stay in the masjid, not to seek a closeness to Allah, but to rather be close to their husband. Jealousy was playing a factor. So the Prophet ﷺ, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him, questioned their motives and he said, What instigated them to do that? مَا are they seeking righteousness? So the Prophet ﷺ, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him, said, remove all these tents. And he did not make i'tikaf in that Ramadan, but he did it the following month in the last 10 days. The reason why I'm sharing with you this account for you to know that none of us is above having ulterior motives. So we need to investigate our motives. We need to search our hearts. We say things, we do things, we object to things, we approve of things, we raise objections, we criticize effort, we buy things, and even we give gifts to people claiming that it's all for Allah's sake. But a deeper look at our motives may reveal that we say things, we do things, and we object to things to satisfy our ego, to show off, to play up to people, or to get back at people. So pay attention to what is happening inside of you. 
I need to pay attention to what is happening inside of me. A cautious believer examines his motives and attitudes and sees if there is any envy, jealousy and rancor which motivate him to do that which is right but for the wrong reasons. Why you do what you do does determine how close you get to Allah. And remember, neither wealth nor children can be of benefit to anyone except him who comes to Allah with a pure heart. It is of your best interest to have a pure heart. It is of my best interest to have a pure heart. Our attitude should be, we need to acquire pure hearts. And the purity of the attitudes of your heart greatly affect how you perceive other people to be and how you view life altogether. The one who has a bitter mouth finds the pure water bitter. And the one who has a suspicious heart finds everything to be suspicious. And the one who has an envious heart thinks everyone is envious. And the one who has a judging heart Things everyone is judging. The shade of your heart, just like the shade that you wear on your eyes, colors the world around you. So it's of a great benefit to me and you to have pure hearts. And again, for the heart to be pure, it has to be free from shirk that defies tawheed. Free from heresy that defies the sunnah. Free from personal opinions that defy Allah's commands. Free from misconceptions that prevent from seeing the truth. Free from personal objectives that defy purity of motives. And free from pretending that defies authenticity. If the heart is contaminated, the whole life will be poisoned. But if the heart is pure, the whole life will be saturated with peace and joy. And today is a day of joy. Today is a day of blessings. Today is a day of forgiveness. The best day the sun has risen upon is Friday. Allah today dispenses a great deal of forgiveness and blessings. It's easy for you to be eligible to receive those blessings and forgiveness. All what you have to do is to make a ghusl, take a shower before you come to participate in this act of worship. If you are a male, wear perfume. Come to participate in this act of worship before the sermon starts, before the khutbah starts. Come in, pray a set of two, three, or four prayers, and then listen attentively to the sermon. Listen carefully to the khutbah. That means you come with a receptive heart, a heart that is ready to receive, a heart that is ready to know. Come to the masjid for the purpose to know, and to grow, and then to glow. When you come to the masjid with a receptive heart, that means you are coming to the masjid ready to know. Come ready to know, ready to grow, and ready to glow. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the glorified, the revered, brings His light into His houses. When you come to the houses of Allah, you come ready to know, to grow, and then to glow and reflect the light of Allah to the world. Brothers and sisters, come to the masjid, come to this act of worship with receptive hearts.
When you participate in this act of worship, the way Allah intend for you to participate in it, you will receive 10 days worth of forgiveness. Not only that, we have religious reasons to believe that you will leave this act of worship feeling more joy, more happiness, more power, more contentment. Why? Because you participated in an act of worship. You did something that is pleasing to Allah. You honored Allah. When you seek after Allah, Allah seeks after you. This act of worship is a worship in which you come closer to Allah. It's an edifying experience. It's an empowering experience. So come to the masjid with a receptive heart. With the heart that is ready to know, to grow, and to glow. We are gathered here to remember Allah. And the Prophet ﷺ, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him, said, Whenever a group of people gather to remember Allah, the angels surround them, the mercy envelops them, the tranquility descends on them, and Allah mentions them to those who are near to him. I want us to activate our senses. As we are sitting here to remember Allah, I want us to activate our senses so we can feel the mercy enveloping us, the tranquility descending on us. Activate your senses and absorb the mercy that is enveloping you. Activate your senses and absorb the tranquility that is descending on you. Put it inside of you. Make it part of you. This is how you grow in faith. This is how you grow in piety. This is how you grow in coming closer to Allah, the glorified, the revered, Azzawajal. Brothers and sisters, inclusive to the purpose of your existence is to be sincere. To be a good worshipper, we have to be sincere. Oh Allah, grant us sincerity. Oh Allah, help us to remember you, to be grateful to you and to worship you wholeheartedly. Allahumma anna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadatik. O oh Allah, enlighten our hearts with the light of believing in you. Amen. And deliver us from darkness into light. Amen. This is my reminder to you today. I hope that Allah makes us from the people who hear the speech and follow that which is best.